Welcome to this MTech Access webinar. At MTech Access, we provide health economics and outcomes research and market access services from strategy through to implementation. Our unique NHS relationships guide and validate everything we do in the UK. We work with over 80 NHS associates to bring our pharmaceutical and medtech clients authentic insights into the NHS. We can help you answer key questions related to the NHS, from how to communicate with integrated care systems, places and primary care networks, to how to capture pathways of care. Get in touch today to discuss your market access goals. First though, I hope you enjoy the webinar. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, this NHS Whispers uh, webinar. I'm Phil Richardson, I'm going to be your host today and I'd like to welcome you to this webinar on healthcare, economics and society, uh, unlocking NHS collaboration. We have a great mix of audience today with in industry in both uh, pharma and medtech here, and we've got uh, a number of people from the NHS. And I'd particularly like to welcome our NHS associates uh, who play a key role in the uh, specialist work we do. For those that don't know, uh, uh, MTech Access Well, we're a specialist health economics outcomes and market access consultancy uh, with a track record in expert delivery. And we provide specialist support to uh, pharmaceutical medtech uh, uh, clients, and we work as a collaboration partner with the NHS. Today, today the focus of our um, webinar is on health economics and specifically the role uh, integrated care systems uh, can uh, provide in them key purpose to provide broader economic and social development. Uh, and I'm delighted to welcome our speaker, Michael Wood from NHS uh, Confed, um, uh, hot on the uh, heels of uh, Michael having published uh, some key work uh, in December. So uh, we're delighted to have Michael here and delighted to be able to uh, talk to Michael and share uh, his work. So welcome Michael uh, to the webinar. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Phil. Good to be here. Great. Thanks. Could perhaps you, you start by introducing yourself and explain uh, you, your role at NHS Confed? Yeah, yeah, and good afternoon, everyone. So I work for the NHS Confederation. For those that are not, uh, not aware, that's a national membership body for the range of NHS organisations. And my role is one that's quite, I suppose it's quite specialised for the NHS, which is I focus on the links from the NHS and local economy. So, and that's a job I've, I've, I've cultivated and crafted myself actually over, over a number of years. Uh, and that takes me into some fascinating conversations. I, I like to think, Phil, that uh, what links the NHS and local economy is everything. It's, it's what we buy, it's the staff we recruit, it's the buildings we, we, we work in, it's our partnerships. So, so I have some weird and wonderful conversations. And I also, it's worth saying part-time, I, um, I support and advise NHS London on their anchor strategy, which again is, is how the NHS in London can play a part in London's economic and social future. So my link is the NHS and local economy, and it's really about supporting, advising, just leading that that that, that concept, Phil, and making it feel real on the ground. Uh, that's fantastic. And of course, we know, Michael, there's no such thing as a part-time NHS role. So, um, you know, very impressive that you're um, you're able to do to make that active contribution, but also to to really help people lift lift their heads up and and think about the broader picture and think about um, how we can uh, influence and support change on a much broader basis. Uh, I, I mentioned the reports that you published uh, in December. 
uh, and I'd like to go on uh, in a moment to explore that in uh, a bit more detail. But I'm really interested to understand your motivation uh, that, that, that took you to that point, that, that, one, that you felt you needed to do something uh, as key as that, uh, as writing that. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, Phil. So it goes back, um, it probably goes back, you know, seven or eight years where I was observing a dissonance between economic development and between NHS leadership. And, and, and I, and I, I, you know, I, my, I would go around the country knocking on doors and saying, the NHS is 10% of the economy, it's 10% of GDP. Where is it around your table? You know, this is at the time where devolution was taking hold, Phil, local economic planning, uh, you know, the huge disparities in productivity across the country. So I was just I was just trying to bring two worlds together. And I think what we've seen since then, we've seen a growing awareness from the NHS that yes, it is more than just a service provider, it's a huge part of the local economy. And you know, given uh, the fractured economy, given of course the pandemic. You know, we've also seen that growing awareness from our economic leaders, from industry. Actually, you know, the, the public sector has a key role, an anchoring role almost in many economies. Uh, and, and so I've, I've long looked at how to bring these two together. I've supported different aspects of policy. And, and, and partly because of that, what was fast, fantastic for me in 2020, when NHS England published one of their first strategic papers, Phil, about, you know, what integrated care systems will look and will look like and will focus on. One of those points there was related to uh, helping the NHS support social economic development. So for me, that was a wonderful marker of the journey. It was almost like a key, a key litmus test about whether this matters going forward. And so, you know, I really wanted to try and fill that gap, Phil, and just try and help systems understand something which, as you know, with your experience too, it, it's not intrinsically, it doesn't come naturally to an NHS leader to understand what goes on outside those four walls, hospital walls, and what the impact is, and where, where our sphere of influence meets our partner's sphere of influence. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You paint a fantastic vision of, of you being the journeyman walking around with your key, key, key papers and key points and, and banging on doors. And I think lots of our audience who, who maybe started out as a medical rep um, or, or advisor equivalent would uh, would really be able to identify the awesome and enormous task it is to to get some airtime, to get a conversation going, and importantly to get people on board to participate. And uh, and you've done an absolutely fantastic job in doing that. And and I think it's interesting about po policy and guidance too. So I remember the five-year forward view coming out uh, at the end of 2014 when we were starting the work in Dorset. Uh, and the, the the continual flow of guidance, which uh, which was massively amplified, obviously during COVID, and I think it, one day in April we had something like 149 separate pieces of guidance arrive on the same day. But 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 your your lens on all of this is fascinating, and and I think if you if you if you were to take what you've seen, um, you've mentioned the 2020. Um, uh, guidance coming out, but what what other what other guidance do you can you could you point to or do you see that ICS leaders would have access to right right now? What what what, what exists? What help is there? It's it's really interesting, Phil. And you're you're right about the reams of guidance coming down. And actually, what what and I give NHS England credit here because they they stated that one of only four core purposes. So integrated care systems have four. There's only four core purposes. And so this is one of four. And, and when they, so, so uh, it was, it was you know, I really supported its inclusion. 
But what what pleased me was they didn't they didn't then rush to define it because by definition this is a world outside that direct sphere of NHS understanding. So I think it would have been a mistake to rush to try and define what this is. And so that, that enabled us, and the NHS England actually commissions me and a confederation just to take a bit of time to bring partners together to start understanding what lies outside of our you know our, our sector, but but where our impact can be found positively and negatively, because if, if we are placed blind in our decision making, we, we do not know the, the, what, what we are, the impact of our decisions for better or for worse. So, so I was really pleased NHS England took, almost took that pause. Now, now there's a danger there, of course, Phil, as you know, in the NHS thinking that if, if you pause on something, if you don't define something, it becomes something which is a nice to do, not a must to do. So what I wanted to do was to, to come out with the first real published literature almost about the issue, you know, what is social economic development and why it matters to the NHS and vice versa, how you might go about doing it and where next and where, where next is really interesting. So it's that what, that why, that how and that where next. And for me, that that's there. But, but it's, you know, we have to continually stretch our thinking and understanding of this. And, and I'm sure this will come out for, as we go through the conversation today, Phil. So this isn't a sort of publish and be damned. This is a look. This is here to help you. And, and what I would say, the last thing I'll say in that question, Phil, is, I, you know, I, sometimes I read the, the reams of guidance that, that comes out from the centre for local partners. And, and I, I think I'm not, what's it going to do with this? And, and for me, this is this issue more than any other. If we were to travel across the country and look at the, the nuance in local economic development, the different understanding of how social development is planning, the different places we have, we would soon realise that you can't just mandate a sort of a to-do list from the centre for this. So, so what I wanted to do was publish guidance, which isn't to be rigidly followed, but it's more to provoke new thinking. To I think to expand our horizons and push us to be curious and to get us working in partnership with others about those shared outcomes. So it's not to follow rigidly, it's there to provoke and ask new questions, Phil, and that is so important. I, I think it's really interesting. I, I, I think the, the role of catalyst is is critical. It's critical here as we talk about the, the economic and social development. It's it's key in innovation, it's key in digital, it's key in clinical practice, it's key in partnerships with industry. And 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 that is a, and here you're now playing an essential role in helping bring it to life for for people who want to get engaged in the conversation. And I, and, I, and you did remind me of the must-dos, do you remember the nine must-dos? Um, we went through that phrase, um, that phase at one point, and the, the eight of them were very specific must do's and the ninth one was create a sustainability and transformation plan uh, uh, and and that almost became a focus on the document rather than where we are today which is a focus on delivering integrated care in place and, and i and i think it's quite interesting because this feels a similar journey and that we're we at least need to get people focused on something needs to be done and we need to have a sensible conversation about it, but we need to be orientated to action. Uh, and I think um, uh, in a second, when we explore a little bit about what the work is that you've done, I, I think the, the the piece here is uh, you, you, you're empowered by the, the, the brave decision nationally that was taken not to provide a whole load of detail or a spreadsheet or a checklist or an assurance process. And, and that empowerment really, you're, I think you're trying to enthuse all of us 
to be part of the crowd that brings its wisdom together to, to, to make change. And, and it's quite a challenge and you're very skilled at doing this. Now, I'd love you to share a little bit more about how, how did you manage to bring what, what felt like quite a diverse audience together? It's not the usual suspects by any stretch. Um, could you share a bit more about how you managed to do that? Yeah, and, and part, I mean, partly it's about having having a very extensive little black book from going up and down the country, knocking on knocking on doors, Phil. You know, as you know, and building that trust. What was fascinating? We had a series of engagement pieces. We had people there who'd just been uh, appointed into ICB or ICS or ICP positions. We had people who were from within the NHS. We had people who were partners of the NHS and people who actually weren't partners of the NHS, but but who wanted the, the NHS to be more active and, and more aware of what's happening locally, which is really, really important. So, so there, were, there were voices there, I think, we know about, but we were challenging them to come into our space. And there were voices there that actually were new to, new to us. And, and it's just worth, I think, taking a moment and, and some comments, I think, Phil, which which reflected and, and you know, and Phil, you came and you gave a fantastic example from Dorset, which just I think lit the touch tape on some of our discussions. And I was talking afterwards to an IC ICB chair, Phil, you know, after one of our engagement sessions, and and she's a chair in a northern ICS, very mature, and she and she said, I, I was a bit, you know, when we started, I was thinking my place is so radically different to Dorset. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to learn from this, but you started talking about some fantastic work with universities. You started talking about a, a real equality relationship with industry. You started talking about the turning the USP of its place on its head. And she said how much that resonated with her. And I think actually all our, all our conversations really stretched our own thinking. Huge support from my chief exec, Matthew Taylor, who instinctively gets this agenda. And, and, and there's some messages which came up, and, and this is what I've tried building in the report, but what I'm trying to challenge NHS, in particular the NHS leadership about. So when we when we asked the non-NHS partners what it was, their perceptions of the NHS, what they wanted from us, one quote that sticks in my mind was the NHS isn't curious enough. So NHS leaders don't ask why things are how they are. And I thought, how fascinating. That's because we traditionally look up, not outwards. But if we're not asking our partners why things are as they are, when we're, sh we're certainly not in a, spot, in a place where we can come up with the right solutions for that. Another quote from, a, I think, a third sector colleague was, for the NHS, the answer to every question is a service, and, and it will be the one that provides it. And actually, you know, so, how, so for me, how can we move from being service leaders to civic leaders, leaders of place? And I think this is where some, some of the people on the call will come in, Phil, and they'll say, I'm an industry leader, but I'm a civic leader too. If I'm in a place, I'm a leader of that place, and my decisions are there to make my place more productive, more prosperous, more healthy. And, and I think what's fascinating throughout the journey of writing this report, and, and certainly now when I'm talking to local colleagues, they're starting to see the, diff, the true difference in being a, being a service leader and a system leader. And, and I think to some of us that might have been obvious, but I think if you've been, you know, within in the NHS for, for a generation almost, you know, that 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 can be really challenging. And, and just to quote, uh, have a last quote from a, a an ICB chief exec who who was involved in the conversations, and she said, "When you think, when you unpick this one purpose, it reignites the very reason I came into public service all those years ago." And I thought, wow, so actually this by going through that process and by challenging themselves and realizing you're right, the empowerment, 
but also the broad responsibility that come and, and the ability to truly impact on local communities in ways that often actually we don't. The power of this of this purpose film really, really shone through. So that gives us a platform to build on that we have to maintain and keep working, you know, arm in arm with our systems and challenging the centre to do the right thing to, 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 to support systems because we're really, a really interesting but challenging place. But going through that process, Phil, really challenged all our thinking and it made us, I think, understand better the difference between a service leader and a system leader. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I, I like the language of using civic leader uh, even more than system leader, because the, the, the tendency in a system leader is to think my, my role is to make the system work. Uh, and actually, it, it isn't that at all, is it? It's a, just an enabling function. And, I, and yeah. I, I was in one conversation on a on a similar topic, and and it's this bringing the civic leader together. Um, a provocatively said, actually, this is all just about me, my family, my friends, and my neighbours. And and we should stop talking in the abstract about the the patient who was somebody else or the citizen who was somebody else. Because if we if we all thought about our friends and our family and our neighbours. Um, that's really who we're doing it for. We're doing it for collectively, for for ourselves. What what what, are, what kind of responses do you do you get though in in using in using what what is a very different language to the traditional NHS uh, you know way of communicating? Yeah, so, so I think two points I'll make there. One point in the report, we actually try and define as far as we can uh, social and economic development, so so that so that our systems have that up front. And, and there is a definition, but actually, some systems have said to me they see it as simply creating the conditions for a good life. I, I mean, that, that's 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 fantastic. If, if they if they're going to, you can, can you imagine, Phil, a if going back five years, a health-related strategy that had that at its strapline, that at its heart. And I think through this purpose, we have the potential to see integrated care strategies, particularly with a strong ICP, having at the in the very opening paragraph, our job is to create the conditions for a good life. And I th so I think that's really important. And the second challenge around, I, I, I get excited by that, that civic leadership thought, Phil. And, and what I do think is we can make this real for people. So, you know, so, so a challenge I was speaking to chief people officers recently, um, in the civic in a civic leadership box, I was saying, you know, what are you going to do if a big private employer is about to leave your town? It will detrimentally, it will affect directly and to its detriment the health and wealth of your of your population. Now, if your prevention plan does not have as a huge risk a big employer leaving, it's not a real plan, is it? It's not a real strategy. So we can make it real. I've done lots of work, Phil, looking at health on the high street. And so, you know, the way I would train, we all have a high street. We all depend on that high street. We all know if that high street fails, our place is in a death spiral. So for me, sometimes it's about getting our leaders to, to think about their citizen hat. You know, and think you want to live in a prosperous, successful place. Well, actually, you know, that's not a different, not different there to your professional hat. You know, your, your professional hat is to do this. So what we have to do, Phil, is we have to keep making it real uh, but 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 keep being supportive and say actually this isn't you you have a role in this and i think it's really interesting isn't it? you know the last point i make actually on this point is i expect systems to be involved in place campaigning going forward investment is finite isn't it so I, you know if you're if, if i live within your within a system i want that system leader to be telling people why my 
place is good for investment, it's good for housing, it's good for families and why it deserves, you know, organisations to come and people to work in it. And, and that just, I find that, maybe it's just me, I find that truly exciting. And I think that's what unlocks something in our leaders, Phil, and maybe maybe the way the way they've been you know we've not gone out of them over years and i think if we can re you know reinvigorate that thinking it's really positive i, I think it's really inspirational and, and i think it will it will absolutely give um a wor a worthwhile topic to to engage with and I, and I, and, and while well, i think we're seeing already aren't we some of the uh, some people early movers who are who are really embracing this if um, I've, re I've re referred to the work that you, you published. If you were um, uh, able to bring out some of the key findings from it, so we could um, we could just better understand almost the signposting of the thing of the richness that we could later discover if we've not for those who've not yet read it. What what would be some of the key things that you'd like to highlight? Yeah. So. I think, first of all, a really important point, and I say this to system, if, if we had a room full of system leaders here, Phil, and, and, and they're saying to me, how do I go about doing this? I say my first point is, you know, social and economic development as old as the places in which we live. You know, this, this isn't, a, it might be new to those of us who come from an NHS background, who have a, an official integrated care board or system role, it's not new. You know, and actually, for, for, you know, to, to deliver on this purpose, it's more often than not, you'll be joining existing conversations rather than starting new ones. And, and actually that, that brings into that civic leadership of knowing when to lead and when to hold back, doesn't it, Phil? And, and it challenges that notion that the answer to every question is a service, because it's not. And so, so I think for me, there's something really important there right at the outset. If we look at the report, and, and there's some recommendations for, um, for, for, for the national, for the government and for, for NHS England to support and sustain this. At its heart is really interesting. It's, it's almost, you don't have to follow this, but there's, I've set out a model process by, or framing tool that by, by how a system might actually undertake and, and go through this. And I'm happy to talk about that in more detail, Phil. I think that occupies a core part of the report. There's some, we're, we're trying to change mindset, skill set, tool set. So we're trying to change the mindset and we've used the report to show, I think, why health occupies such a pivotal role in the economy and vice versa. It's not a one way street. It's a two way relationship. Uh, we've used it to help uh, guide systems through a core a process that, that might work for them. And, and we focused on the skills that system leaders need and which the national NHS needs to articulate and support to really to really change the weather on this but but at its heart phil at its heart is we've got huge potential and i i don't think we've scratched the surface of of, of how the nhs can really narrow inequalities and make our places more prosperous and and i think it, it's it's all it's it's in all our advantage and benefit if we support systems to to you know to to see this as the big ticket stuff which will lead us to a you know, which will solve some of the operational challenges we face. So, so if we, so I'm sitting nodding. So I'm thinking, yeah, I get that, and I and I can see that that's um, that's absolutely what uh, what we should collectively focus on. And I'd have a few ideas about um, what I, what I might do. But if we um, if if we think about it from a uh, from a who's listening who's listening to this, uh, who's listen, listening to this story, and if we think about uh, leaders, um, I'd like to 
think more broadly about leaders as you've talked about it sit there are system leaders who have a have a role um we've got industry leaders who who have a role too and, and i think could you just help us navigate now some of the practicality so we're so so i'm by i buy the idea and i'd love to now do something to to make it happen um where, where can i go who can i talk to how how could i get involved and i'm thinking about i'd like to i'd like to not learn more i want to be part of it how, how could i get involved so i mean the starting point is this is one of only four core purposes i, I repeat that because in, in talking to to ICS leaders, they some of you know so they feel like they've got permission now to stretch where they are. So actually, what I see and what was interesting was often our non-NHS partners saw how we approached this ICS purpose as almost a key test of of an ICS more broadly. You know whether will the NHS really be interested in anything other than the current operational firefighting. This purpose will be the test of just how serious systems and leaders take it. So whether I'm in the NHS, whether I'm an industry partner, whether I'm in a university vice chancellor, I might work in a further education college, this almost is a meeting point. And this should be the heart of, so every system will develop an integrated care strategy. So if you think about that question about making a condition to a good life, well, what does that strategy say? I'm not expecting the strategies so far to be that well developed and thought through they shouldn't be because we haven't they've only been statutory since july but we're in a place to stretch thinking and i think i think what interests me phil in this is there's so many touch points between the nhs and, and economic and social development so many touch points so it could be so we can come at this conceptually and you know and i, I speak to groups about the idea conceptually but i was speaking as i say to chief people officers the other week and I was focusing on workforce so things like health and work things like a labor market which is in disarray quite frankly isn't it you know how you're gonna where you're gonna recruit your staff from you know how you're going to attract them or retain them how you're going to grow and develop them and actually there is a huge shared agenda on workforce with everyone everyone on this call will have a, a will have a, a, a focus and, and an urgent need to develop a, a fit and healthy and productive workforce. Uh, and you might need, you know, we, we, they want to, a, a healthy workforce too. So how can, how can we focus on what I would say is a place priority and, 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 and take and, and, and stretch the ICS's thinking on this? And, and if you look at the guide, Phil, the step two of the guide focuses on reframing some of the questions that, that integrated care systems ask. So, so what I'm trying, to, what, what I said to the, um, what I said to the chief people officers, if, you, if you're asking how can I recruit 500 nurses, well, that's not really a question that's going to bind your local partners to your journey. And in fact, actually, our partners might see that as, that's about to skew the labour market. You know, we're competing uh, for, for 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 staff. If you were to say to partners and maybe put in a, a strategic question about how do we make our place more productive. How do we support over 50 year olds who, who had manual careers, you know, back into the labour market? Actually, what a fantastic starting point for a renewed conversation where everyone on this call would have an interest. Probably something to offer too. 
So what I'm, I'm not trying to get systems to operationalize this, Phil. I'm trying to get systems to ask different questions, which should all fall out of their strategy, and that will then lead them through different operational processes. So, so how, how, how can we challenge our system thinking to, to come into new spaces? How can we support the non-executives of our systems to, to make sure the leadership is focused on this? How can we develop an ask and an offer locally? Across a across a place because I don't think our relationships our relationships too often are transactional. So so think about those priority areas: workforce, prevention, population, health, estates, maybe financing. What are the touch points where we might develop, but reframe the question and, and and develop a bit of a shared outcome? Because I think we could truly truly, you know, close the gap on some of these if we were to look on that basis. And, and I think the spatial plans give us the ability to make things real in, in, a, in a way which national plans often aren't. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thanks, Michael. And I, and I think the, uh, yeah, as you talk about, I hear curiosity in, in, mm. in much of what you frame um, uh, your thinking around, which is, which is fantastic, because I, I, I completely agree with you. Asking the right question could, could, could change the paradigm uh, in, in a good way. If we think about um, the different groups of people who are looking at this, I, I quite like the intersection because I, I think there is almost a moment where people may walk past each other inadvertently without without thinking about it. And I think your timing uh, is perfect where where um, the ICS and NHS are clearly focusing on operational issues, as you've said, but they're also looking at the strategic play. Wider partners around the table, local authorities, police, fire, other public service organisations, uh, third sector charities are starting to engage in the discussion, including uh, groups in their population, which I think is really powerful. Um, and, and industry and academia are the two other uh, almost cohorts of, of um, uh, of people who are also thinking about it um, and traditionally struggled because of the disconnect with uh, thinking and the disconnect with language. Um, now we're in this space, what, what advice would you give to industry leaders about what, what they could do and how they could help? Hmm. It, such an important partner and, and, and what, you know, I'm thinking now about place, not product. You know, and I think there's something really important here, isn't there, Phil? Before we go into, I think sometimes we've been transactional, but, you know, we go into a partnership focused on a specific product. The best we can achieve is that specific product. I think if we go into a partnership focusing on, on a place, on a, on a geography or a given population, that opens up the doors. To so, you know, and, and, and we're seeing that, and that, that loops in academia too. So I'm a sit on the advisory board for the Civic University Network, you know, and I think about I think it's about 75-80% of universities in the UK are committed to civic programs. So spatial decision making is now absolutely paramount. I mean, we've got half the country has a metro mayor, you know, half the country has a combined authority. This is the way we're going. So for me, place not product. Is, is, is an absolutely key ask. And the second one, going back to those touch points, inequalities now matters for everyone, doesn't it? Inequalities is absolutely, the, the CBI have a health team now, Phil. I mean, what a statement that is, and, and it's health inequalities and, and, the, and the impact of the labour market, which has driven their members to, to, to demand that. So we, we are, if you think, I, I used to look at it as, as a Venn diagram with economic development and, and, and you know, um, 
and NHS as two entirely separate circles, and that shaded area has grown. I get industry saying, I want to understand how I can contribute to a more sustainable, healthy area. And I get the NHS saying, I've realised that actually we're one of the real main reasons industry wants to locate to where we are. You know, and so, so this purpose almost gives you, gives you, this purpose gives you a tool to wrap around that. And actually, how interesting if we can start measuring that impact. So how interesting if we can actually get an ICS measuring its impact on startups, its impact on how much money it attracts, its impact on uh, workforce, but not the workforce we employ, the workforce we support. Lots of opportunities, health and, and health and work. You know, the health and I was in a conversation last week, Phil, about health and work with industry leads. It's just a core. It's just a core challenge, a core issue, and actually one which we should have been working for decades on this, shouldn't we? As closely as we can, you know, the physical and mental health impacts of of, of employment and, and and the labour market. And, and I just think now, I, 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 it's a much easier jump now. To, to find the links in conversations than it was perhaps five years ago. So we need to we need to build on that. And but I would encourage people on the call to be to be bold and to start asking and to use this fourth purpose as almost that way in. Look, I know you've got to do something which contributes to social and economic development. Now actually we've got our CSR plans or we're we're about to expand our you know, our site, or we're looking for a shared workforce, or we're trying to support voluntary sectors. You know, there's a whole raft of things we can do under that civic banner, isn't there, Phil? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, net zero springs to mind to the yeah. whole sustainability. Huge opportunities. And, and you're right, Phil. And, and net zero is a brilliant example where, you know, the NHS is, I think, the first uh, national health system to, to have a net zero plan, which is fa a fantastic statement. But we can't, we can't do that by ourselves. And and if you travel around the country, of course, your journey is will depend on the economy you're in. And actually, how can we support a transition to a net zero economy, which 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 you know minimises huge inequalities, which which offers up opportunities. And I think being that place partner, Phil, in other people's plans is a space I don't think we've occupied enough in our thinking. You know, it, it, I, I think it's interesting that the, the, the piece where you're tying what essentially is a traditional paradigm to a future opportunity and, and the, the, the come back to the catalyst earlier, really, to help people just feel some level of confidence that they can engage in it, because I think that's part of it. And, and, yeah. and certainly the conversations I'm having uh, with industry more broadly at the moment is that the, the, the keenness to be part of a journey with an ICS, engage with the leadership team, engage with um, working on solving some of these bigger challenges, but but, but internally uh, organisations grappling with the, um, the drug tariff, the reduction in cost, what's happening with specialist commissioning, what, what's happening across the, the transactional landscape as, as you've described, and, and a huge amount of uh, work and effort put into market access and uh, and comparative down at individual products and interventions. Um, but it sounds like the, the the two conversations really need to come together. And that's certainly some of the advice that I've been giving people I've talked to. And it sounds like you would give the same same advice and but to, but but almost at a level which is 
let, let's just be who you are in the place you live, because that's where the magic can happen. That's what I think mm -hmm. I'm hearing. It, 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 is that where is that really where you are? Is that the sweet spot almost? Well, I'm often struck as I go around having local conversations, Phil, about how little we know about each other. You know, even so, even between and that's a fascinating. If, if you look at since 2010, the NHS has had more money, uh, less power. Local governments have more power, less money. The two closest partners in a place, and that's driven us apart rather than united us. So, so too, too, you know, too often, we are not understanding what success looks like for our local partners, what challenges they face, and where the interactions are. And, and it's only by learning that, that, that we can start to understand and challenge what's been before. And, and so if, if we don't, if, if, so, so my challenge to everyone on the call is, you know what? what we we've ultimately we, we I, I I think I truly think through this, and we can talk about this. I think we can get to a different place of looking at shared outcomes locally, at different systems. And, and one a message that we were giving to NHS England is to is to yes to set general expectations for this purpose, but to let systems understand where they can make the most progress. And I think that's really important. That that level of autonomy, autonomy, Phil, is really important. And I think. So colleagues on the call, there's a question about what is what does decentralization mean? You know, it really is not it's not an end, it's a means to an end. It means showing what you can do better locally than can be done nationally. And we've got to fight for this, haven't we? We've got to understand the local context, understand what it is we want to do, and understand how to do that. And I think there's a challenge for all of us in this, which is let's make the new system and that increased level of autonomy work. Because we know what the alternative is, it's greater centralization. You know, so I think you know we, we've got to fight for each other. And the civic and the reason I use civic leadership as an example is that's understanding when a partner's in trouble. You know, so we've seen during austerity, haven't we, our, our local authorities retreating from uh, certain properties or investments or services. And when that happens, are we just gonna stand there? If a leisure centre shuts, are we gonna stand there and you know if a library shuts and not do anything? Or are we gonna lead in and say, what can we do? And that's what I would, I would ask industry colleagues on the call just to think about. What what does you know the the the, 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 the you know the, the two and the four of a local economy? When do I need to lean in, and when do I need to to, to stand back? You know, and, and that's a constant question for us all, Phil, isn't it? Through good times and bad. Yes, it is. But, but I think what I mean, what I hear, Michael, is that is almost looking through a, a a different lens to understand what success looks like. And, and I and I and I hear completely the the piece around uh, engagement. I hear the civic leadership piece, uh, but we're, we're, we've also got a transitioning part of this too, don't we? So there's the bit which is uh, we, we buy into the uh, the concept as you talked about earlier. We you're, you're helping us by putting a proposed tool set together, which helps us move forward with it. There are um, people, I imagine, will be a growing band of people who want to engage uh, in this. So there's there's that type of uh, transformation and transformative thinking and strategic thinking. I think is an element part of that. But there's but there's a translation transition piece as well because we're we're in a world of well, who's going to do the commissioning and where the resources going to be allocated and where's the workforce and 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 I wondered. 
should, should we be reframing the lens through a, into a healthy economics and value-based view of the world as opposed to our more traditional, as you've talked about several times, transactional, you know, how many, how long, how heavy type model? Um, should, should we be should we be thinking, could we be using industry who think like this more frequently around, let's have a look at from a, 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 the health economics of a place rather than the health economics of a pathway? And I just wonder, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. It's really important. And, and often I think that the reason the NHS is so cost focused sometimes is because we are simply having a debate within itself. You know, so we have a global budget, and it is passed down through a huge complex system and we are taking decisions which um, which are, 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 are partially blind, aren't they, Phil? That they are decisions being made within a cost window set by someone in Westminster. And at the heart of this purpose and at the heart of an ICS is spatial health and care planning. And, and what's interesting the more we are exposed to new conversations, so the more we are exposed to conversations with industry, which are about a place, not a product, the more we are exposed to conversations with our Metro Mayor or our elected leadership about transport, about infrastructure, about planning, about housing, the more we realise that actually we are but a part of the world, not the world in itself. And actually, we then start to see, you know, what is the value of the, of the NHS pound locally? You know, and, and I published a report in October for which looked at, in GVA terms, what investing a pound meant in, you know, and, and, and for the economy. And of course, that differs up and down the country depending on your economy. So it's really interesting. So, so we need to challenge uh, siloed NHS thinking. We need to. Uh, next, interesting. The really next step in this conversation, Phil, is yes, we we. It's not, good. it's not good enough just us saying the NHS is an investment. We've got to behave like an investment to, to show that. And so for me, that, that we've got to challenge our own resource allocations. We, we talk a good game on prevention, and yet actually how much have we shifted money and resources into prevention? So, so the more we expose the impacts of our decision-making, the more we see the limits of taking a cost focus. And, you know, and, 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 and if our partners can reflect back the value that maybe uh, buying things in a different way or working in a different way, partners or looking beyond 12 months, you know, the more the more our partners reflect back that, the more and, and the more we uh, talk about social value as being a core part of, of what we do. I think the more we're realizing that, you know, chasing Chasing a quick decision, you know, a, a, a quick decision in the long run. We, we know we know it's the wrong thing to do, and yet the system has sort of pushed us down that road. So, so we're trying to expose leaders here, Phil. And, and the next test will be when we challenge systems on resource allocation. You know, nothing nothing will change until we really truly empower prevention. And actually, to do that, we need the voices from industry and from local government and from academia challenging us. I think, and that's for me. That that's where a system works best, where you've got that challenge across the across the board table. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's really important, and also that that challenge brings the diversity of experience and thinking together. Um, I, I, and if I just if I take it back to to the the broad theme about um, economic and social development, we we need to understand how all the, how, what the sum of the parts is. 
and, and what matters. And I and I had a conversation this with somebody to try and illustrate what this might look like. I exaggerated slightly, but said, you know, we're 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 sitting in a room talking about a CT scanner and its return on investment over however many years, and we're talking about making a slight tweak in a pathway. But I think we'd be better off investing in a better bus service because because forty percent of 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 a number of diseases are determined uh, socially. And, and that might be better. And that's a real exaggerated example, but mm. it, it sort of plays into the challenging questions that you're you're raising, doesn't it? Yeah. And and what's interesting on that on that piece, Phil, is uh, actually that could be a deliverable under its purpose. So for the first time, a system could be measured on how it's supported new bus routes, how it's maybe campaigned for cross, you know, for HS2 to come across to its city. So actually for the I think previously we, we we might have encouraged these behaviours previously. The system didn't measure them. The system didn't the system didn't reward them. So if it's an explicit purpose of an ICS, that means a system should be incentivising and rewarding these behaviours, Phil. So hopefully that just again raises that confidence. You use the word confidence. That's a key word. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good. And just playing on them, the played a bit further into that um, that behaviours change. Language is critical in this, isn't it? And 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 do we collectively need to learn a, a new language and a, and a new way of talking? Uh, and, and will that change the kind of conversations that we that we might have? Yeah, I I there's, I mean in you know in the NHS we 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 design a huge complex system. We use a range of acronyms. You know, it, it, sometimes I think we're doing it on purpose to shut others out of our decision making space. But the trouble is, you know, yeah. we're led down a silo. And, 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 and one of the difficulties, uh, Phil, is you can get to be incredibly senior in the NHS and yet not have been exposed to different conversations in different sectors. So actually, I think the more we learn about what really lies, I, that curiosity question, Phil, you know, what if I go meet a local trust leader, I, I will look out the window at a new building. I said, do you know what's been built there by whom, for what reason, with what funding? And often the answer is no. We haven't asked the question. I think if we start understanding our pinch points, if we understand our impacts more, we start being dragged into different conversations where actually, why aren't we talking about productivity? And I don't mean the productivity in terms of how much our, you know, our acute activity. I mean our, our productivity in terms of what we're doing for the economy and how we're narrowing you know, that regional divide and how we're supporting communities and prosperity. So I think, I think we, have to, we're gonna, we have to relearn what makes a good place and we're going to have to relearn what a role in that is and, and that takes bravery and humble leadership too yes i i i i can, I can completely see that and, and it's you, you need to step up to that space wouldn't you really it's not going to come naturally and and it's likely to need to be people who've not had experience in working that way so that that's a there's a but there's a need for support a supportive environment really and I, and i wonder whether ICPs particularly um, have an opportunity to to set to set the language, set the environment around it, uh, uh, and as they are playing a key role in setting the system strategy, um, I, I'd be interested in to to get your to your reflections. Looking from the outside in, which is one of the benefits for working for NHS Confederation, you can be you can be a critical friend in a in a, in the true sense of that phrase. But have you got a sense what the what the engagement level is in, in 
uh, on this fourth objective for ICPs particularly, um, and 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 what your what your what your hints would be to them to help them nudge them forward if uh, if they're perhaps not making uh, a meaningful headway at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean the ICP is 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 really the key voice within a system, isn't it? To, to look at that future long-term vision. This gets, this issue really gets ICP leaders excited. Uh, it, it, and, and we all benefit from a strong ICP, which has the leverage to, to support and to push and to challenge its ICB down the path it wants. So I would absolutely look to the ICP in its integrated care strategy to be setting out why this purpose matters and fundamentally, now this is the journey. This is the journey, Phil, over the course of a years. And, and, and I'll just give a quick uh, shout out for, for Cathy Elliott, uh, who's a chair of West Yorkshire ICB. And, and she actually, in, in the report, she, she's actually written a maturity framework, which tries guiding a system, you know, by, you know, in the first two years, what you might do, in the next five years, what you might do, what looks like in a decade. And she's done that because she fully understands the immediate operational pressures of what determine newspaper, you know, pages, what the Secretary of State responds to. Of course, we're in very difficult times. So she's trying to show people this is a long term vision and the ICPs are trying to do that. And we need to support them. And that's one of a key job for the Confed. We bring ICP leaders together, we bring ICB leaders together. We bring all the different partners together. They instinctively know this is the right thing to do. And it's about supporting them to get to a point where they feel they can solve today's problems in a way that makes tomorrow easier. So, so it's not just firefighting what's going on today because tomorrow never comes. It's choosing issues to start on which affect today. So we know the workforce is a core issue. Uh, we know estates, you know, uh, is, is a core issue. Uh, it might be something to do with transport, whatever. You know, what there are enough core priorities which are absolutely key operational pressures that we can start mapping out a different way of working, bringing in our university, bringing in local combined authority, bringing in industry, etc. And the other point I make is devolution is happening. And, you know, I mentioned half the country has a com or has or will have a combined authority in the Metro Mayor. The ICPs are absolutely understanding this. And the ICPs will be the area where they're just almost testing out with the Metro Mayor, the combined authority. What does macro level decision making look like? You know, and, and what, what, what does accountability for a place look like? These are big ticket issues, aren't they, Phil, which, you know, which we can't expect to be solved immediately. But the ICP should be in a, in a place having strategic conversations that perhaps before this latest reform weren't really going on. And that's a huge positive. Yeah, that, that, that's, it is really positive. And, and I think the opportunity with um, places taking a responsibility for themselves and then working collectively together to work at scale for things, I think is, is going to be key. What, what, one, of the, one of the challenges, though, as, as we talk, and I'm sure it's replicated in ICPs, ICBs, and uh, within industry uh, conversations at a leadership sense, is that you can get a bit lost in the mechanism and organization and roles and responsibilities and language and things. And, and one of the things that we have on the front cover of every, every organization here, whether you're industry or academia or NHS, or providing some level of support or analysis, um, we all have the patient is the most important thing we're here to do for the patient. 
What, what, what does this mean, this conversation mean from a patient's point of view? What, what's the story for the patient? It, I, I, we can, I think we can stretch the patient to citizen, Bill, too, actually. Yeah, I, th yeah. I, think, I think it's really, and, and, and if I was looking at a before and an after strategy, I think before we talk about patient, I actually hope we're going to start talking about the citizen, Bill. And I think that's, and that's really interesting because that's what buys in our partners and takes us and drags us into a different space, doesn't it, by looking at that. And what I would say is that, uh, so I've advised up and down the country on local anchor strategies. And, and what's really interesting, and the feedback I get from trusts and for, uh, uh, is this is one of the very few health policies which is bottom up. So actually, you know, many health policies, if I can speak, uh, can speak frankly, or, you know, are sort of catching things from the top down and trying to mould them into a strategy. And it'll go on the shelf and it'll gather dust and it'll look very pretty, but not actually mean anything. The anchor policy is really about what is your direct impact on the communities in which you serve? And in fact, you know, that stretches us to realise we don't actually understand our communities. You know, so actually, I think this is this has the ability to be real to people in our in our in our populations in a way that some top down NHS strategy never will be, quite frankly. You know, and, and, and one of the key as key challenges for, for any statutory organisation is community engagement. You know, we don't do it well in the NHS. We think the communities are the people that come to us. Well, they're not, you know, and that widens inequalities and the, you've got the inverse care law, etc. I actually think this purpose and seeing people as citizens and working with other partners locally is, you know, it, it is a brilliant example of finding out who is in a better place to serve populations that, you know, that, that, that are, you know, who are your community anchors? You know, who, who else, you know, what are the assets on the ground that, that actually that communities might benefit from being connected to, whether to receive health services or whether just to connect with other issues? And, and I think that's what, so for me, I want to build on the spirit of the anchor policy, which is bottom up and real, and challenge systems to actually start understanding their communities more. Because if we don't understand our communities, we're always going to be coming up with the wrong solutions. Yeah, no, no, that's really, really clear. Thanks, Michael. And 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 I think if I I was fast forward this conversation to six or twelve months out from now, and and we think if we think about service development and pathways and treatments on the ground, the front line as it's typically talked about, and I think there's a front line in industry too, which mirrors this. So there are there are people to, you know un, under real pressure on a day to day basis. What, what, what would it feel like to them as, as this conversation matures and people start to make it real? What, what do you think that would look like? So uh, we, we, we've got to work at lots of different levels. One of the challenges in the NHS is, right, you're going to do that at that level, we're going to do that at that level. Well, that's, that ignores the messiness of life. You know? so, so, so there's got to be, in all of this, there's got to be a constant, in London, I like to call it an echo between the London, you know, the mayor and, and, the, lo and the local, the back streets of Southwark. You know, we've all got to be sort of challenging each other. I would hope that, I think on this purpose, we, we will have made progress. And, and what will be interesting, it will be very, hugely varied progress. I think some parts of the country will have uh, done some fascinating things about supporting people into labour market. I think some parts of the country will have developed new science parks or new grand strategies for, you know, for healthy innovation and, and, and aspects. I think some parts of the country might have taken over a high street and put health services and businesses, you know, at the heart of the place. 
that's really interesting because for me what i want is this to be real in our staff's mind and real in our partners mind and real in the minds of our communities you know so that's so so how can we how can staff sort of see that their citizen hats and their professional hats you know are one and the same and they they can come up with ideas how can systems start realizing that to answer that question how to create the conditions for a good life i'm going to be doing something different in cumbria than i am in south london and that's fine and and and, and the system set and, and the center are that says i completely understand that and i support that you know so so i think in the coming year we're going to see an impact on the autonomy of, of systems and 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 the learning from when the center just can stand back that's a system learning i think we're going to see some real delivery on the ground where the health where the nhs impact is actually measured in that and what i hope is we're going to see an ambition and an appetite when people go through this process and they do something phil and they realize actually how much better it is for our populations and how much we share in common with our partners and how social policy and economic policy and health policy actually aren't three different policies i think we're going to see a real heightened ambition so what i want to do i'd want to look at intermediate care strategy in a year and i would hope it's far more advanced and ambitious than it has been at the moment yeah, I, I, I think, um, Michael, you have really just brought it all together very nicely that, that in fact, there is just one plan and, and, and the plan is around the person. And, and the sooner everybody gets to grips with that and sees the value in, in doing that, the, um, the, the, the massive difference that, that can be made. I, I, I want to pull the conversation together now to uh, just to say thank you. The, the hour has zipped by. Uh, and, and talking to you is always uh, highly energizing, uh, really motivating, and there's lots of really positive takeaways to, to come from today. So we really want to thank you for that. We will share a copy of your report and some other related things um, with, with everybody afterwards, so they've got an opportunity just to immerse themselves a bit more. But, but you've been an absolutely fantastic guest uh, today. Really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And, and I'd love to keep in touch, and maybe we could uh, connect back again. And I, you know, how 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 is it going? And uh, uh, just to see how how things are developing. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much for for today. I want to thank the audience for uh, for giving up the time and joining us because we had a really uh, really good turnout for today because this was such a key topic and people were keen to hear uh, to hear you talk about it. So thank you very much for that. Um, and I'd just like to wrap up by saying um, uh, I'm here to keep going with you. So I'm still with you on this journey. You've really just reinforced it for me today. Uh, so thank and, you very much. And, and Phil, I just thank you for your for your constant challenge on this. And you know it's really important. And and people on the call, I think you know just just keep me keep me updated on what it looks and feels like locally. I think that's you know that's whatever we discuss, Phil. You know we 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 economies and communities are nuanced. And I think we're just really interested in your progress going forward. So thank you for the opportunity. It's been fantastic to speak to you. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Michael. And thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to find out more about our work with the NHS or how we could support your market access goals, please email info at mtechaccess.co.uk or visit our website at mtechaccess.co.uk.